Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piskor. We're going to look at the Kevin Eastman, Bill Sienkiewicz team up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic and uh, this edition Inside Out Director's Cut. We're going to see the whole evolution of this story from layouts to kind of the finished piece. Before we get into this, I want to uh, talk about comic book Christmas in July. This is a new tradition that we're going to get started through Cartoonist Kayfabe. You know those little local lending libraries that a lot of neighborhoods have. They're kind of a little bit bigger than a mailbox. I'm sure you've seen them. There are a lot of makers out there and a lot of comic book collectors watching this. Pull out some of your doubles. Pull out some of those comic books that you make and get comps of. And the last Saturday in July, go stock up some of those local lending libraries in your neighborhood and uh, spread the good word of comic books. Let's get some new comic book readers by putting some comic books out there where readers are looking for books and things to read. Comic book Christmas in July. Let's get it started this year. Also, like, follow, and subscribe Cartoonist Kayfabe channel if you haven't done so already. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification button, the bell icon next to the subscribe button. You'll be notified when we post a new video. And if it's a book that you need to add to your collection, you'll be the first one out there looking for it because you hit the notification button. It'll give you a leg up on the kayfabe effect. And finally, let this video play through to the end. That is how YouTube's algorithm will share this video with other comics fans who haven't found Cartoonist Kayfabe yet. It's how we grow this channel. We appreciate your help on that. And... Without further interruption, Ed, let's dive into this collaboration between Eastman and Senkevich and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That sounds like a uh, match made for me. Eastman is the sort of gold standard kind of comic fan in a way. Like he put his money where his mouth is. They made their comic. They got extreme crazy wild success, but he never lost that fanboy part of, of his personality. And he stayed... A fan. This is how Richard Corbin collaborations happen uh, in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. When Bisley becomes the thing, uh, that's how those connections are. You know, like how is Bisley ever going to turn down some some uh, Kevin Eastman pay? And uh, as far as I can recall, uh, Kevin Eastman owned uh, a good portion, if not all, of Electra Assassin at one point or another. So clearly, he's a mark for uh, Bill Sienkiewicz's work. I remember when I first got my some literature from the uh, Words and Pictures Museum, yes. uh, that was a touted piece, that, that Electra Assassin was on display at the Words and Pictures Museum. So he clearly digs Sienkiewicz. Makes perfect sense when you think of how much Frank Miller Daredevil is in the DNA of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, of course, you're going to stick around whenever Miller's doing more Daredevil work, and this time with one of the hottest, most interesting artists uh, to come through comics and Bill Sienkiewicz. Eastman is one of those guys, he's a multimedia artist. You know, he uses airbrush, he uses different kinds of paints and stuff. At least back in the day, you know, he would do these painted covers and things. Uh, so, you know, like it's, he's, he's, I mean, he's not, he doesn't have the, you know, the, what Bill Sienkiewicz has, but there's, there's a connection there in terms of uh, work style and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And this edition is pretty interesting because it has all, it has this story in it basically five times where it's each stage of creation. So we're going to start with, uh, there's a little bit of an intro here explaining kind of the genesis of this. And of course, Eastman wanting to work with Sienkiewicz for a while. This story comes up and it seemed like the perfect fit and uh, Sienkiewicz was down for it. So first we're going to see the layouts. This is, uh, you know, a lot of if you follow Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you'll probably see some of Eastman's layouts. It seems like he's very good at archiving this material and then sharing it with the public. 
And I love it. I love seeing these things. He's super tight at it too. Like, you know, there are things like the, uh, the artisan edition uh, of Ninja Turtles issue one. That's the same deal. It shows like every version of like the visual script and roughs and all that stuff. And he's very in tune with like drawing on just typing paper and, and getting all the important stuff down there. Yeah. And these layouts, I mean, they read really well. He's going to do two rounds of these layouts because I guess he thinks these aren't clear enough, but I mean, these are tiny little drawings that are crystal clear. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's clearly Leonardo, in the pose, everything is identifiable, even though it's tiny. But uh, I, I linger here to point out this note. Figuring it out with a Statler, these guys need to sponsor me. I've been drawing with these. These yeah. are like fine liner kind of markers and stuff. It is funny to think of the sponsorship stuff. Yeah, man. Like uh, the, the, the one I, that's always on my craw is because I use the paper every day is the uh, 11 by 17 Strathmore Bristol man that has that mouse guard stuff. And one of the uh, most kayfabe things ever is it shows like four different panels of, of, of comic book creation on there. And it shows an Ames guide, but it's a computer font of lettering. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the age we're living in. Yeah. Man. Uh, so here is the tighter layouts. And again, very easy to read these things. It's interesting that he feels the need to go tighter with them. You know, like you're seeing knuckles and stuff drawn on, on fingers, like it feels finished. Yeah, me. it really does. Like teeth, all the teeth in the mouth there clear. And what is getting better though, is your lettering, your script becoming more legible. Yeah. And probably giving it a pass and re rewording some things. There's so much information though in these layouts. Like there's a lot of lighting and attention to like shadow and, and lights and darks on these things. And just looking at this compared to the final stuff from what I remember, uh, it's almost like Sienkiewicz just, just, just goes in and just like light boxes and just inks and does his own thing on top. Yeah, I think so. And what are you gonna do if the layouts are this tight, you know? Mm unless there was something dramatic that you thought was was wrong or that you could improve. Yeah. But there are, I also think of like Eastman imagining Sienkiewicz is going to draw this turtle. Right. Let's put a cool pose in there. Let's get a big, a big image that he can work with. Yeah. That's the other thing. These are backups that, that might be just like between like, I don't know, three and five pages uh, in the first five issues of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles universe. There are, um, you know, like what stands out to me looking at the layout stage is like each page having some cool images, you know, something like this creature fighting, like there's, there seems to be, you know, we've said anchor in the past when we talk about like some of the image approach to page layouts where like, you've got to have a money shot, you know, you've got to have this, this like opportunities for cool stuff on each page. It really shows on these layouts. I feel like every page you can almost point to the panel and be like, there you go. That's the cool shot. It's still that, that Eastman layered, you know, that's that pace where it's four tier panels a lot, four tier pages a lot with like lots of panels. Yeah, there's a lot going on in terms of the amount of drawing. There's not that much going on in terms of the story. <laughs> no, I, no, I started reading it and I'm just going to look at it. But you do get such a wide variety of sizes of figures, what the figure's doing. Is that a Triceraton? No. No, unfortunately not. I was going to say, because that's a Peter Laird thing, man. I see Fugitoid. Everything's there. Yeah. You know, like, that's your lighting effect for that panel. Totally. An explosion where he's, like, backlit. And kind of like a fisheye lens kind of a perspective. It, it, it's fun, like, going through these, because I it makes me excited to see what 
Sikevich is going to bring to the table. Yeah, this is the foreplay for everybody watching this. <laughs> <laughs> We're setting it up. But I, I do admire this kind of thing where, like, it reads at this size. You can see, oh, here's our, our you know, dramatic, like, new figure coming in. It's Casey Jones. So uh, got to have him in here, right? Gungala, Gungala. If you're going to have Bill Sienkiewicz do some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle art, got to give him a chance to draw Casey Jones a little bit. Honestly, it's a surprise that um, that it's like, is it Leonardo? Because, mm -hmm. because uh, you know, Raph is, Raph is his guy and certainly Casey Jones. All right. So here's our first glimpse of the Bill Sienkiewicz uh, inking over top. And I think this might be all digital art. Yeah. You know, like I've seen uh, some... some uh, Sienkiewicz like doing like Bob Peak kind of montage things like in like almost like it's like Bob Peak Dave McKean kind of stuff in like Photoshop it, it, I think it was in some of the Wizard magazines we were looking at in the mid 90s like he did his tenure he, he was fucking with that as a medium you know he's he's not a dismissive artist who's yeah. like you you must you must make your own pigments if you're going to be an oil painter or something he's going to fuck with things yeah, it feels like it. Like some of the line work at times feels very uh, almost like a digital line. And then like some of the textures that are put in. So I'm kind of curious, like if this is digital, if it's part digital, like what exactly I'm looking at. Yeah, like like I mean, if it feels like a pen to me, but then when I see this stuff and I, I, I know what you mean, because we know what his Moon Knight, sh it's so controlled and it's like not as chaotic as like if you were really spraying some stuff because we, like, we've seen him do that before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong. Not sure. But I love these, you know, like you, you, we're talking about how tight the layouts are and how he's basically just drawing those layouts, but yet it feels so Sienkiewicz. It does. It does. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comic books that we make. Jim Rugg right now on the stands has Hulk, Grand Design, Monster, and Madness, where he distills down 60 years of Incredible Hulk lore into two 40-page volumes with an inevitable trade paperback Marvel Treasury size book that I got to look at the PDF. It's going to be the book of 2022. Uh, Red Room, Trigger Warnings, issue uh, one, th two, three, and four are on the stands. As we speak, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit. Every issue is completely self-contained. It is banned in more than 28 countries. It is banned in more than 10 comic shops. Also forthcoming is the Trigger Warnings trade paperback coming out, I believe, the same day as the uh, as the Hulk Grand Design comic, man. So that is going to be an important day in cartoonist kayfabe history. Now that we're done paying the bills, back to the video. And he does have, like, the turtle just looks cool. I love the elongated foot. You know, some of the little exaggerations, the Bill Sienkiewicz pieces, the drawing. And these panels where... Eastman's drawing like super detailed small layouts. It's amazing to see Sienkiewicz go in there and, and even further detail these tiny little figures. Yeah. It would be fun to talk to um, a Bill Sienkiewicz about, because he's, he, you know, like he's done so much in his career, but there was a time when he was doing finishing and mm -hmm. inking. And even like this story feels like that. What's he looking at? Like, what's he pulling out? Some of this kind of stuff where he's hatching. I just wonder why do the hatching there and not, not like the uh your your screen tone right or your splatter tone there he also does this line work for um it's not quite a solid silhouette like for the feet there yeah but i love the way it reads it's it's part doodle it's part shadow yeah there's a near it's like eddie campbell-ish 
he's letting the the pure black be the foreground so he's not allowing the turtle to be 100 percent black it's funny too the turtle has kind of the v shape for that lat muscles and everything that heroic kind of shape even though he has the circle the oval of the shell behind him. it's almost like a contour drawing too like he just puts that pen down like look at this continuous line Mm -hmm. that goes like that like you know he puts puts these continuous lines down and even goes over it again to keep that keep the pen down having having dinner with 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 shaken a couple weeks ago he, he was talking about some of his favorite illustrators he brought this one guy's name and the guy would um the guy would trace off cars but he would draw with an extended hand and have the tool sort of like the yeah the the pen or whatever extended further from the hand to just get like some organic wobble and and personality into into the uh image and i feel like sinkevich is a guy that would do that kind of stuff to just get the organic line also like if you guys are following dave chose instagram look at his stories and stuff and you see these lines that he puts down and it's just like that pen does not get picked up off of the paper after you know while he while he's drawing it's, i always think about drawing that way because i like whenever i see those uh-huh. drawings there's some photoshopping yeah so clearly there's some digital effects there and this might be part of the reason that i suspect more of this is digital yeah um Again, could be wrong, but like, you know, like the patterns and textures, like there's a lot of digital on this page. Yeah, it makes me wonder how much digital there is overall. Yeah, and it, and it is very different than uh, what what we know to be his pen and ink work. That's amazing, right? Yeah. To see that kind of finish, you do feel like, okay, this is, this is different than the Eastman layouts. You know, the composition's there, but it's such a different drawing approach. You know what's really strange, and I don't know if it shows up on screen if you're watching this at home. There's like a negative line there, and it's almost, if you do your um, magic wand and fill, sometimes you'll end up with this kind of a line on the edge, and it's it's like the anti-aliasing of the right. previous line. So again, that's why I'd speculate digital. Sure, digital no, yeah, totally, there. yeah, totally, totally. And and maybe that's maybe that's what got Sikavich off a little bit, you know. He's like, uh, I'll just go over and fuck with this IDW thing and, and try try out a new medium. Really like this whole page. I think there's a lot of cool drawing on that one. The ability to go like loose is something I love in Sikavich's work. Absolutely. And this is your cover image. This almost looks like the layout. It does. Also, those lines for fire, where it's almost an abstract line, it's about as abstract as you can get and still read that as flames. I, th- I think Dave Gibbons said it when we were talking to him, uh, and we were going through that watching the Watchmen book, how he's like saying stuff like, y- you get it all done in the, in the layouts mm-hmm. at that early stage, and I know that if I needed to, I can finish any page in 20 minutes. Like, after because all the thinking work is finished and i think there's a bit of that in this like where sikevich is not drawing slow no definitely not check out this transition so we're going to turn the page and it's basically kevin eastman yeah so we're we're coming out of this like fever dream of this story and you can see these elements that are starting to encroach on this page you know like it's the bridge into the kevin eastman style especially like these marks to me totally those are eastman marks yeah that's pretty neat to see that that kind of like transition from one art style to another within the same story. 
You don't see that that often. And there's like the last bastion of your Bill Sienkiewicz transitioning into the Eastman. The place where where Eastman's art style has grown to is so pleasing to me. I, I adore it. And it is like, we know all of his influences. He's never been shy about it. Corbin, Crumb, Kirby, um, Von Baudet. And he has synthesized all of those major influences into this Kevin Eastman style that he has now with all of that hatching. And, and it's just like very blunt, bold line. And I fucking love it, man. <laughs> I wonder, so Sienkiewicz doesn't color this. Yeah. And I wonder um, how much room he leaves for the colorist, you know, whenever he's doing the black and white work when he's inking. I think he's checked out. And he's just like, yeah, go ahead. Because this, unfortunately, it's the color that just makes it another comic. Like, I'm so glad that we have this black and white because this, this is just, I mean, it just feels, it's interesting to see what color can do, man. And that's your breakdown as you're uh, transitioning back into the Eastman style. Even these panel borders feel like they're already making those concessions. Sure. It's so dark. It's too bad. Look at that for, uh, you're talking about Kevin Eastman, you know, like using different media and stuff. Yeah. It really shows up there. Yeah, Eric Talbot is a part of the soup. And I guess the original script three layers of uh of, of the layout love stage. it love it it's cool that he gets as much stuff done as he as he does because this kind of like doing layouts and revising them and doing revised layouts it's the kind of thing that could be perfectionist to the point of never finishing anything yeah it's uh art spiegelman works this way and and art spiegelman has like uh you know 300 pages of comics under it's his funny belt. too i think like because uh Mazzucchelli, another guy you know, to think of like Eastman, Art Spiegelman, and Mazzucchelli as having process uh, commonalities. Yeah, yeah, and, Kurt, and Kurtzman originated that. He's the first guy to do the layer upon layer upon layer uh, philosophy. Yeah, I feel like that's something that you would see in illustration, you know, in, in that version of commercial art. Do you want to look at that? Yeah, yeah, if you want to throw it, uh, the sphere of influence, we'll call it, Jimmy. Yeah, almost going full circle. So Electra, black and white, and blood comes out. And uh, who's in there? Kevin Eastman, right, at, right in the top credit. So kind of neat to see Eastman coming to a Marvel comic and, as you say, full circle, right? I mean, this is the Sienkiewicz character that, uh, you know, put him not on the map, but certainly took him to the next level as, as being a different kind of artist. Yeah, the Daredevil connection. Kevin Eastman coming, coming into this world. Yeah. I wonder if this is his first Marvel work. I think so. Pretty pretty uh, fun to have that kind of history together. And great that it's in black and white, so that we can actually like you know enjoy that work. But you see what I mean, dude? Like you see blunt Corbin lines that are like that. They're squat like Corbin von Bode von Bode characters. Yeah, I was thinking that with the figures. Yeah, it has that uh, Corbin squat? Yeah, that's the right word. Yeah, Miller kind of layouts and stuff. The uh, choreography. Mm-hmm. You know, you never well placed ad that doesn't <laughs> disrupt anything. You never see that. No, that's pretty good. Breaking it off and creating panels. Yeah, very inventive. How about that, dude? You know, it's nearly Electra Lives Again, like the Matt Murdock staircase thing. 
Yeah, it's really striking. DeLuca all over the place, Jimmy. That feels very Sin City-esque. Good composition framing or guys. The shadow being cast on the brick walls. Yeah, I bet you Eastman had a blast doing this. Oh, I mean, it's so clear. Because you see those references to so many of uh, his known influences. And it's just one of those things. And, and I guess this is like the, uh, you know, in Electra Lives Again, there's like the white Electra. And then you have your, your red one. You know, it's the, the poles. Yeah, the red one's uh, new, I guess, for this series. All right. <laughs> Man, I would, I would like if this was what Marvel Comics was, where where just like artists can can like just do their style, you know, do their cup of coffee, and 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 move on. Like you get me to read this shit. Yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting, you know, considering like how style really isn't a thing anymore. You could have books that look like this. Yeah, yeah, but but there there is a house style. There's an antiseptic like quick quick style that you see in most of that stuff. I would have liked Steve Levine to have done the lettering here. That would have been a really great detail. <laughs> that would have been a really great detail. That would have sold. You know, like that's such an intrinsic part of when I think of his style. Yeah, yeah, and it's that organic thing. You know, this is this is because it is such an organic line. There's such a hand behind it putting a font on top of it, it it's it, it, it's competitive. Yeah, I agree. I wonder if Eastman is working digitally. I feel like he's such a messy, tactile guy. I would be surprised. Yeah, I just can't tell anymore. You know, it's such a, a quick way to work. But anyway, pretty neat to see Eastman come around, and it feels like these two... Makes sense together, right? Bill Sienkiewicz, uh, Electra, Kevin Eastman, put it all together. We're process junkies here at Cartoonist Cafe Bland. You good, Jimmy? I am. All right, man. Uh, comic book cr Christmas in July is coming. Last Saturday in July, we're going to hit up our local lending libraries, our, our little freestanding libraries in, in our neighborhoods uh, with a bunch of our comp copies, a bunch of our doubles, and we encourage you guys to do the same that last Saturday of July, man. we got to got to start doing what we can to generate more comic book readers out there. Kayfabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. you got to hit that bell icon so that we can notify you when new vids are available. What, what, what do you got out there, Jimmy? Hulk Grand Design Monster and Hulk Grand Design Madness are now in comic book stores while supplies last. It's a retelling of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk that I am writing, drawing, coloring, lettering. The uh, Grand Design Treatment, if you will. And also join me on Patreon.com slash Jim Rugg, where you can see more of my original art process and download some of my out of print zines and mini comics red room trigger warnings issues one through four on the stands as we speak murder on the dark web for fun and profit is the name of the game in red room comics i uh, banned in more than 28 countries banned in more than 10 comic shops if it's not in your town you gotta hit up my link tree in the description below this video go to the fantagraphics website to order and pre-order these comics uh, if you want to read it today go to my patreon patreon.com slash edpiscor Three books will get you the archive there, and you can read all these comics. Uh, that way, uh, new strips get posted every Tuesday. What else, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. That's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel, given those marching orders will be on our way. Read more comics.